0: everyone and welcome back to episode two of the she can she did podcast if you happened to listen to the launch episode last week thank you so so much and welcome back but if we're meeting for the first time today hello i'm fee and i'm the founder of she can she did Today's guest is a woman who I only came across recently, but fell in love with her work, brand and story in an instant, and immediately reached out to see if she fancied a chat because of that. Having studied psychology at university and then found herself working silly hours in a recruitment job that she didn't love, it wasn't until she went to the dentist for a routine procedure that left half of her face temporarily paralyzed at the age of 22 that she decided to pick up a paintbrush and got to work on creating her stunning paintings that have gone on to sell worldwide, led her to design jackets for the likes of tiny temper and paint for speak in front of and meet the president of ghana when he came over to london in may of 2018 the lady in question is 27 year old sarah Awusu, the self-taught contemporary artist and talent behind Awusuism. To set the scene for this episode once again, Sarah and I met in another random meeting room in London, which, whilst not completely soundproof, you may or may not hear the occasional door slam mid-podcast, which I apologise for, it did the job. And after a quick chat about whether we should attack the bowl of sweets that had been left out for us pre-recording, you'll be pleased to know that we opted against it in the end, so you didn't hear any dodgy chewing noises mid-interview, the two of us sat down to talk about absolutely everything she's pushed through behind the scenes with her business thus far. Sarah, obviously Mm. your business is a bit different to most people's, it's Mm -hmm. not your kind of stereotypical business. So in your own words, what do you do?
1: In my own words, I am a visual artist, so I focus primarily on figurative art, especially portraiture, because I like to paint faces, everything to do with faces. However, I think what makes my work different is I tend to paint people in a way that no one actually looks like in real life, because the faces are often Embodied with multiple different colours, from anything from yellow to green to purple. So I guess that's how I describe my work as well. Very, very colourful and very shapely in a way, because a lot of the faces are formed with from shapes as well. And it's amazing.
0: amazing. Thank you. I honestly was stalking your Instagram on the way, and I was mm. like, "Oh my god, this girl is so talented." Oh, thank you. Okay. Sorry, I don't have to take compliments. <laughs> it's all good. Just <laughs> met <many>, you, but thanks. <laughs> in terms of the fact that, you know, you are an artist. And art's so subjective, isn't it? Very. And mm. I've got a few friends that are artists, mm-hmm. and I think they're so, so talented. Mm-hmm. But they're in that in-between stage where they're juggling a job, they're doing mm-hmm. art in their spare time. Mm-hmm. And they keep saying to me, no, you know, I'd never be able to do this full-time. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you can. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same with a lot of creative industries. So do you remember the moment where you were like, no,
1: I'm I'm capable of doing this as a job? Mm. I mean, for me, just to give you a little bit of background, I worked in recruitment since I graduated. I actually have a degree in psychology, and oh then I gosh. ended up in recruitment, so I was doing that for about three or four years, and it was the IT recruitment industry, and if you know anything about recruitment, you know that it's not really a job to love, because it's pretty right. much like Wall Street, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long um, hours. Yeah, very, very, very long hours. and Very competitive, and even when... You're set to leave. It was almost as if you're not allowed to leave because your boss gives you a side eye, meaning sit down. Yeah. So I, it got to a point where I hated my job and I actually became very impressed as a result of it. I didn't want to wake up simply because I knew I had to go into that working environment. Luckily for me, I was painting seriously from about 2012. So I was selling pieces here and there, but then it got to a point where the more and more I started to share my work, the more value my work gained. So it enabled me to sell paintings for prices that I never could have potentially imagined and then it reached a point where maybe a painting would sell for what was more of my monthly salary so I think it was in that moment that I said to myself hang on a second if I can sell one painting for more than how much I earn in the total month then there must be something here as in I must be able to do this It's all about just believing in yourself so I think one day I set myself a date and I just said Sarah on this date blah 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 you're gonna hand in your notice no matter where you are at that point it was a year from then it wasn't just like the next week <laughs> you have to be realistic here so I said to myself what I'm going to do is I'm going to save, I'm going to do this and regardless of where you are on that date make sure you hand in just handing in your notice so I handed in my notice and I just decided to just let go of fear and just take that leap that's amazing so then did you actually I wait did. the whole year yeah I did yeah so I started from I think I this was a conversation I had with myself in January 2017 January February 2017 and then I um handed in my resignation I think December the 28th of 2017 so in January 2018 I officially became self-employed so that's incredible and how old were you at that point uh oh god how old am I now twenties. Twenty-seven. Oh, <laughs> so, 20, yes, 26, twenty-six. Twenty-six. I love how mm-hmm. long that just took. Yes, there's it delayed. a, a delay there. 20 like years ago. So I'm like, uh, I get a bit old. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, amazing. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. So
0: I'm always (laughs) interested in that kind of in-between stage. I'm quite an impatient person Mm -hmm. in the sense that when I have put my mind to something, Mm -hmm. I want to just start and get on with it. I'm not very good at compartmentalising things. Mm -hmm. So in that year, given how intense recruitment is, how did you find that, knowing that with every month you could be full-time, you could have launched your own business, but you were Mm -hmm. still sticking at it?
1: I think for me, what happened was I got offered an opportunity, which was... Quite rare, it was still working in recruitment in the IT consultancy field. But this time it was to work from home, Monday to Friday. Dangerous. Earning double of what I was earning before. So I was like, hang on a second. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on a second. Uh okay. Let me give this a go. I was actually meant to leave then, but I said, Sarah, you have nothing to lose. If you want to paint from home, you can do it and no one will even know. So I took that job. So I think that's what allowed me to create more because knowing that there wasn't actually anyone there to see what I was really doing. And um, so sometimes when I'm actually supposed to be working, I'd be painting and then taking some calls like, "Hey." <laughs> I think that's the only way I was able to, and if I'm being completely honest as well, I think that's why I was able to save a lot of money as well, to be able to take that leap of faith, because it meant that I had very, very little outgoings, because of course I was working from home, yeah. I didn't have to pay you know for travel or food or anything like that, so i definitely say that gave me a very, very, very big advantage, and... Perhaps if I didn't have that specific role at that time, it would have taken me maybe twice as long to make that decision.
0: All happens for a reason. Exactly. (laughs) Before you went full time, I'm really interested in how you... It, and this this kind of relates to so many different industries when you mm-hmm. do go self-employed when it's kind of you're putting a price on your time mm-hmm. with art mm-hmm. again it's subjective how did you actually value what you were creating like how how did you go about that process in terms of this painting is worth Mm
1: -hmm. X amount. Ah, okay. So um, for me, when I was in the city working uh, in recruitment, I would get home about eight or nine o'clock every day and from about 10 o'clock paint until maybe 2 a.m., 3 a.m., be up again at six o'clock and continue. So a lot of myself was going into the paintings that I was creating. And how I value the work now is, even to this day, is um, typically size for me right now, is a very, very important factor because of course, the larger the painting, the longer it's going to take you Mm -hmm. to complete it. And also um, the time that goes into the painting. So if it's 200 hours, then obviously that's going to be quite a bit. The mediums used as well, in terms of how much it actually cost me to create that piece in terms of the paints used, um, maybe the choice of canvas used. But typically what I do is I multiply. So for example, let's say we have a canvas that's I don't know. 30 by 40 inches in size. Mm-hmm. I would times 30 by 40 times how much I pay myself maybe per hour and then that would be the value oh of my the gosh, painting. I yeah, love if that. that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so, let's say it's 5 by 10. 5 times 10 50 and then times 3. That would be $150. Yep. So, that's how much it would be. Obviously, wouldn't be that low and I wouldn't. I think all artists should know their value yeah, and not place yeah. that low. Yeah. But that's just an example. Of what it is, yeah.
0: And we, were you very clear on that from the outset, or was that
1: a kind of thing that you've learned along the way? Yeah, no, I was not clear <laughs> in the first painting. I was like, how much is that? I was just like, yeah, six pounds, and they yeah. took it. Yeah. And that was the first painting, so that worked. So it's definitely something that I'd be lying if I said I knew from the get-go. This is something that I had to research into, study other artists, and see how they do it, and just generally see how um, most artists like calculate, you know, prices for things. Yeah. Of course, when you become more established and you reach certain heights in your career. Career, then you can just put whatever slap whatever price you want really it's so true I've um mm.
0: I recently was asked to host an event that's not one of mine and they've said oh you know send us your send us a what's it called oh my gosh my <laughs> mind's gone blank Something. send us <laughs> uh, an invoice uh-huh and i'm i said to my family i kind of said what the hell am i supposed to put on that i've never had this before like oh. what is no but as in it's nothing on
1: art but it's it's no but it's just, still something isn't i have no idea how like, to go
0: about it mm-hmm. and i'm kind of like i interview women like you all the time and they're like no you're worth and i'm like shit like yeah, what's my no, worth, worth? i but i always it. say if
1: you're not sure just say yes anyway and then figure it out yeah, later that's so funny. even if you're thinking oh my god someone wants to pay me for mm. this just be like, yeah, yeah, of course I'll save you the invoice and then first just figure I'm, it out. Cause it's such a weird one. Mm-hmm. So I'm always
0: interested in it. In terms of marketing and getting mm-hmm. it out there, how did you get that first sale when you were in recruitment? Instagram. Yes.
1: Instagram, so <laughs> Instagram. Honestly, if that platform is used correctly, It can open so many doors for you because when I first started, if I'm being honest, I don't think I was a very serious artist because you go on my Instagram page and you see like a million selfies of myself (laughs) and maybe one painting if you scroll all the way down. And I was like, this isn't quite working, but you know, it's still selling a bit here, so you must be doing something all right. Why don't you change what you're doing and make sure that within the first six images or first three images someone that comes on your page can automatically tell exactly what you do yeah yeah so I think when I made that switch and I made it very clear what I do and started to promote myself more create other platforms like Twitter to show, which is another good platform to share your work opportunities just started mm-hmm. flooding in and of course the more followers you have the more helpful I'm not going to sit here and say if you have 10 followers someone's going to find you it could happen but the more followers you do have as a result it gains of- traction doesn't it exactly but then you have to post quality work so again when i started i was just take maybe some blurry photos of my work on my phone and although it worked then five six years ago i couldn't do that now so it's something that had to i constantly have to improve myself and improve The quality of the materials I'm using to maybe take photos. Yeah, or... of course.
0: What I love though is that you started with those blurry photos. Yeah, I mean nowadays mm-hmm. it is different. I think if you started a business now, you know not to yeah you you know not know to, to post a the curry curry photos. Photos. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the fact is, you know, five six years ago, it got you off the ground, didn't it? And mm-hmm. so it's the equivalent, whatever that equivalent is today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bit like this. I've got a podcast. You like? Have I got my yeah. God? Like, no, no, we we'll just shut that in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> One day, one day I'll interview. No, I'm sure soon. I'm sure this year. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure this year. No, but that's the thing. It's just you have to get started,
1: don't you? Mm -hmm. Somewhere. Yeah. But you shouldn't let what you have be a reason why you don't start. Yeah. Because had I said to myself oh you know I can't afford the paint the right paints then or the right brushes I wouldn't be where I am now I just I use the cheapest brushes and the cheapest paints but now because of that I can afford to get the right materials that I need and it's just that reinvesting back into Mm -hmm. the
0: business and growing it yeah I love that moving on then what inspired your style because mm-hmm. it is so unique mm-hmm. you know it is all those bright colors mm-hmm. i've spied martin luther king and mm-hmm. ruther franklin like there's mm-hmm. some big names in there they're mm-hmm. like, all beautiful go for it what's the inspiration
1: i think for me when i was growing up when i would go to art galleries as a black person i would never ever see anyone who looked like me in the paintings mm-hmm. or was a reflection of me in the paintings. And when I did, they were either a slave in the painting, some sort of mythical fetishized creature or a maid. And I thought to myself, okay, that's obviously not what we are. Um, And I think often we are painted to have a single narrative. And I wanted to use my art to show that, okay, as a black woman, I can tell our own positive stories and also educate through my work as well. With regards to the choice of colours, colours generally just make me really, really happy. And as someone who has a degree in psychology, I quickly learnt that colours do have a very positive effect on people, especially when used correctly. And they can affect our mood. I mean, if you see a bright yellow, generally that will probably make you feel pretty good. If you see a bright blue or calm blue, it's going to make you feel a bit calm red may make you think of anger or love depending on where you are and sometimes i may not use as many colors as well but what i'll do is i may emphasize on the shapes that i'm using and that i don't really have any explanation of because it's just something that happens as i I paint so it's not something i can explain but one thing i know for sure is that i like to purposely distort my images because um Although you can generally get a gist of the people that I'm painting and see who it is, you also know that if this painting was to come to life, nobody would actually look like that as well. Um, So I don't like to paint things exactly as they are. As much as I have an appreciation and a love for artists who are hyper-realists, I like to purposely distort and, I don't know, kind of create an abstraction with my work because I think that's what makes it more interesting for me and to my eye is what makes more sense to me as an artist. Mm, I love that. Mm. You
0: mentioned, obviously, you know, the fact that you've noticed if you go into a gallery, black people are underrepresented. Mm -hmm. And you hear this a lot. I read up on it quite a bit. You know, I don't have to tell you that black women are underrepresented in the business Mm -hmm. world as well. Mm -hmm. So what's your experience been like as a black woman with a business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just go for it in terms of, you know, how have you ever experienced... I
1: don't know where I'm going with this. I'm mm. gonna have to read No, that. I feel you, I feel you, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take yeah. you I, <laughs> okay, I get okay. you. Yeah. I, I get you. I think for me, the biggest misconception I'd say about me, especially as a black artist, is huh? Are you really an artist? Like is when people ask me what I do? When I say I'm an artist, I'm a visual artist. Even though I've even though I've said visual artist, they're like, oh, so you sing. Oh, I'm like, no, I paint. There's <laughs> almost it's like, oh, you paint. It's like, a, like it's out the norm or as if they're confused because maybe they think if a black person says they're an artist, then straight away they must be a musician. And yeah. it's like, no, not everyone can be Beyonce. <laughs> okay, a girl could dream. Yeah, <laughs> not everyone can be Beyonce. Um, And also, I think I get this a lot, but I don't think this is a black or white or anything. thing. Mm -hmm. I think um, this is just for all creators, but I often get asked, you know, I've definitely got, like, you know, when are you going to get a real job or not being taken as seriously or even um, some people have the perception that artists aren't very intelligent people for some reason. And it's like, actually... If anything, we're probably the, one of the most intelligent because we're able to not only think logically, but we're able to also use the lateral side of our brains to do things differently and understand things in a way that may, maybe most people wouldn't be able to understand it. So I definitely say that. But then um, also, I think, if you're familiar with the art world as well, you just know that it's very, very male-dominated. Mm-hmm. Right now in the UK, Jenny Savile, who's an amazing British artist who's actually one of my inspirations behind why I started painting. She is the highest selling artist now in the UK, female artist. And that's great and inspiring, but it, she, there should be more. There should be way more than just Jenny Savile, because if you look at the history of art, men have always dominated. I mean, even you know, if you meet someone who has a very general knowledge or just a little insight into the art world when you ask them well oh, who do you who do you know the first thing they're probably going to say Picasso, yeah. Picasso oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they never say any anyone else they never say a, a woman they never say Francois Neely or, or or Jenny Saville or anyone it always has to be a man and that's something that I want to definitely um change so i definitely say those are the challenges but they don't frighten me in any way I just think that now is the right time And the reason I paint is not only to encourage more women to pick up the paintbrush but more specifically more women who look like myself to pick up the paintbrush as well
0: yeah definitely mm-hmm. i feel like this is where i should give a shout out to my friend that i know really will be listening to this <laughs> one i'm like it. just do it your job. <laughs> go
1: for it um okay
0: i'm always interested in the behind the scenes mm-hmm. so you know like i said i've been on your instagram mm-hmm. it, it's flawless it's so beautiful you mm-hmm. know you're so talented then you've got photos of you at your award ceremonies mm-hmm. and in ghana Is it for the president
1: Oh, yeah, I was invited to. Oh my gosh, this awful promise. The, the president. <laughs> no, the president. I, president. <laughs> I was invited to um, meet him. So I presented two paintings saying, which was insane. That's so that incredible. happened last year in London. Wow. Mm.
0: How did you get that?
1: No idea. I just received a message one day and I was like, hi, the president is here for, I think it's for the business conference at London Business School. And of all the people, I was like, is this a joke? I mean, I always knew I would be in the midst of a, of a president one day, but I never thought it'd happen that soon. Yeah. So I was kind of like having almost like imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking like, huh? Like, is this me? So that's how it came about. And I think that such it was just an honor about, it was just like two days before so i was like wow first of all thank god that i'm actually in the country and available for yeah. this opportunity because if, if i would missed that that would have been absolutely i would be so gutted were you nervous so, what yeah. <laughs> I was, whew, wow i was I, I was so nervous especially because it was in the room with all the all his other delegates and f- officials people from the presidential office wow And I had to give a speech, but it wasn't just, hey, Mr. President, here's your painting. No, I had to give a talk about Africa beyond aid, which is his whole, um, the whole inspiration behind his whole um, manifesto, what it's primarily about. So I was talking about my painting and how it ties into that. So I was definitely very, very nervous, especially because in that moment I was thinking, Sarah, You're representing your family here. You cannot come and embarrass yourself. So I know you're nervous, but this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So just let fear go out the window and just... Speak. That's the thing. I think that there's <laughs>
0: times in in anyone's business, it will push them in. I mean, that's such a unique example. Mm-hmm. But it is that kind of, you just, no matter how nervous you are, mm-hmm. there's times where you just know. have to do it. So <laughs> what? You can have to yeah, get to teeth it and just, just
1: get on with it. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the most nerve-wracking situation I've ever been in. And did it go well? Oh, it went very well. It went very well. Everyone clapped. <laughs> that's always a good sign. <laughs> and what, what was even a better sign is the First Lady, his wife. Um, after I finished my speech, she actually shouted, "said I love it." And I was like, oh my "And I was goodness. like, wow! If she loves it, then." And he was like, "Well, there you go. You know, if you have an approval from the first lady, then I'm happy." That's absolutely amazing. Yeah,
0: so that's what I love about this whole journey. When you have your own business, is that it genuinely does take you on such a ride. You, I mean, when you first started
1: painting, you had no idea that no that was going to happen.
0: It's no just, idea.
1: It is so random. I didn't even see how it could even link. Just. I had no idea. Yeah. But I think it's because I started to do it just because I loved it not because of what I thought I could get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, definitely. That's I mean, that's always the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess going back, I went off on a bit of a tangent, but like you see things like you painting for the mm-hmm. president and attending all these awards. I'm always really interested in what's going on behind the scenes and I think mm-hmm. that when, as creatives have this a lot, in the sense it's so easy to look at your life and think, she's living the absolute mm-hmm. dream. She's mm-hmm. got it so easy. I'm so so jealous, mm-hmm. rah, 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 rah. Mm-hmm. The reality, I'm sure, is that you are working seriously hard. So mm-hmm. can you talk me through what you, what the daily challenges look like for you as a businesswoman? And then, then we'll go for the hardcore, dodgy <laughs> days where it's all gone a bit
1: <laughs> Wow, well, <skew it's> with. <laughs> Although my Instagram may look like wonderful and me smiling and stuff like that, some days I'm crying. I'm crying because some days I feel like my work is Absolutely rubbish. Some days I'm crying because I may have just finished a painting and now I feel like punching a hole in it because I don't like it anymore (laughs) after all of these hours. Sometimes, you know, um, last year I I spent a whole year working on a project and at the end of completion realised, Sarah, you can do better than this and decided to have to basically throw away the whole project so these are definitely some of the challenges that I faced and as an artist as well especially in the beginning you just didn't know when your next paycheck was coming Mm. you know because it's not everyone that has a couple of thousand pounds to buy an an original but of course luckily these were this was at the beginning stages and obviously now I've been able to create more avenues so it means I'm not just so dependent on those higher value value sales so I sell prints that start from about £95 I mean if you really like something you have that um Recently, I released some limited edition t-shirts. I've collaborated with um, a water bottling company before. So, you know, now that I'm able to generate different income streams has definitely been helpful, but it was not always like that. Sometimes I was broke, sometimes I had nothing, and sometimes I was only able to be fine simply because I had the job when I was working. Because of course, that study, you know, you're gonna be paid 12 times a year at least. I miss that so badly. Yeah, I just miss that like steady, it's fine. it's, It's like you miss it, but at the same time, when you actually think about it and you say, oh my God, only 12 times, it's like, why would anyone want to be paid just 12 times a year? Like, why not be paid more times a year? So although I faced those early challenges, I'm thankful that I stuck through and didn't just give up because there is a stereotype about the starving artist. But I think... Now, especially in 2019, that's no longer the case. And that doesn't have to be the case because there are so many opportunities available for not even just artists, just creatives in general. now you have big, big, big brands collaborating with artists, graphic designers, architects. I mean, recently, the fashion house Dior collaborated with 11 artists to create the Lady Dior bag. And that's something that maybe five or 10 years ago I would have thought would be absolutely impossible. But seeing that has shown me, oh, my God, one day maybe Dior might contact me to create that. <laughs> and of course, you know opportunities like that can change your life in a second. Yeah, definitely. I've so seen so that fun. you've um,
0: you posted about Moet. And oh yeah, is, just, is that is that? I was just, just putting, putting that out there. Yeah, yeah, just get a little feed. Yeah, because I think they're um, interested. I think
1: even because those I know people that have gotten opportunities just from doing stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Like show them an example mm-hmm. and
0: just see what happens. Because sometimes they there. just need to see. I yeah. mean,
1: recently there was an artist who um, designed a Starbucks um, cup, and she was contacted by them. For global opportunity so her cups were sold across the whole of the world wow and that in a sec just like that just from using her initiative that changed her life and sometimes brands want to see that instead of you being desperate and contacting saying hey please can you do this for me I think when you show your value first and show them first what you would bring to the table without them reaching out to you first sometimes they like that so I think sometimes your life can change in that way however that doesn't work for Everybody, let yeah, just be yeah. realistic. You have to put the work in, you can't start creating yesterday and think yep. tomorrow my oh, is gonna contact you. No, that's it what, doesn't work like that. It's so true,
0: and that's why I think there's such a big misconception in the sense that it goes back to looking at what you're doing, mm-hmm. and you know, one day if. Moet do turn around and mm-hmm. say, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. You know, know, you've done, you've put that groundwork in mm-hmm. and that's what people miss. They, they kind of, I think they overlook that bit and you just think, no, you've been working for five, six years building that brand mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Then you took on the initiative... To, to do something just, just wake up and say yeah, oh, yeah, they they just, just, yeah. yeah exactly and yeah,
1: also no. I think what a lot of people do is sit around and just think opportunities are just going to come and prop on their lap but it's not going to happen sometimes you have to create those opportunities for yourself and sometimes it means you have to work for free in mm. order to gain later because no one paid yeah, me yeah. To, paint, to paint that my work bottle but I just saw it as okay I'm not doing anything right now um, and anything is my canvas so if I want to paint on this bottle okay I'm not sure how it's going to come out but let me just see I don't lose it anything.
0: yeah exactly you know,
1: just done it out there and again it's not just new content that you've created but it means maybe even um, other brands who may not be Mouet maybe Dom Perignon or any other champagne brand will see that and think actually we want that for ourselves yeah, and yeah. then you know and um, to not always expect a result as soon as possible as well because maybe Mouet or someone else will contact you maybe two years or five years down the line yeah it just goes back to that
0: groundwork doesn't it you mm-hmm. have to lay the groundwork and mm-hmm. show people why you're worth it before they catch on Not to just that. just expect yeah, them yeah. <laughs>
1: like, here you go, yeah. okay. <laughs> love yeah. me. <it>. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Going back to challenges, what else? What's the, what's the worst day on the job looked like so far? Have you had mm. any standout moments that really have tested
1: you? Um, I think the biggest test I had was the reason why I started painting in the first place. Um, I've told this story a few times but I thought, I always like to tell it because it's the reason why I discovered my purpose. So in 2012, um, I went to the dentist to get a filling as you do, because I like sweets. Too much, you. And um... When I got up in the chair, I noticed that half my face was lopsided, but of course I just thought it was the anesthetic, and the dentist said, oh, don't worry, it will go, it's just the anesthetic. I was like, okay, cool. So I went home and I tried to drink some water, I noticed the water was just seeping out from the side of my mouth. I said, okay, maybe I should just go to sleep. So I went to sleep, and then um, I woke up the next day and half my face, half my neck was completely paralyzed. Completely, absolutely paralyzed. So how you see my face now is not how my face was. So rushed to emergency and i was told that um, i have something called bell's palsy which is basically um, paralysis of the face so the dentist had hit the cranial nerve in the left side of my face which had left me completely paralysed. So in that moment I said, wow. So my face was completely distorted as in twisted. Um, I couldn't even, when I would blink, only one eye would shut. I could only flare one nostril. And when I would smile, everything would be pushed to the right side of my face. And um, I remember the doctor said, this is a very extreme case of Bell's palsy. And it looks like it could be permanent. And I remember saying, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I'm a Christian, so I remember the doctor looking at me like, huh? But I just said, whatever. So I remember, Clay, that was during the time of the Olympics, July 2012. Mm-hmm. And um, as you can imagine, as a young girl... So you're 22 at this time. 20. 22, about 22. As mm-hmm. a young girl, in, I think I was in third year university, but it was during the summer holidays. You're very conscious about how you look in your appearance. So to suddenly become ugly and I'd never used that word to describe myself or anyone for that matter. But in that moment, that's how I felt and I was unable to leave the house. The only time I would leave the house was to go to my hospital appointments. And I remember one day on my way to one of the appointments, a stranger smiled at me and unbeknownst to him, he obviously had no idea how my face was. So when I smiled back, my face pushed here, like just, I just looked crazy. So he went, (gasps) because my face, I I looked like a monster basically. And I remember bursting out into tears. And I think I cried for about two weeks straight every single day. And I've never seen my mother cry apart from when she lost her mother. And that was another time I saw her cry she said, oh my God, what have they done to my baby's face? And um, every single day I would cry. But then it reached a point point I said, Sarah, you know what? You've cried enough. The tears is not what's gonna restore your face, so just get on with your life so anytime i would feel sad i would just start singing or i'll play some gospel music or something to uplift me and um for some reason one day i was at home i think i was watching one of the races from the olympics and um something just said paint and i was like huh Paint. i was like who is this person telling me to paint what do you mean paint and i was like huh like of course i always knew that i had the talent of of creating and painting and i did it in sixth form but it was as an african person you don't Get, you know your parents don't encourage you to become an artist, so I thought, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is, but that must be wrong. <laughs> so it's like straight. I kept. It's like someone was pushing me, like Sarah, go and paint, go and paint. And I was like, how, how, like what? So I decided to listen. I said, God, if that's you, okay, fine. So, I went if to the you store. insist, yeah, if you insist, <laughs> fine. So, I went to the store and I bought um, two canvases, two split canvases, and just a paintbrush, any raggedy, like it was the cheapest canvas, <laughs> and the cheapest paints and the cheapest brushes that you can imagine. And I remember standing in front of the painting, still with my face paralyzed, and I said, God, if this is you, please let it be clear and I also said that I pray that this painting touches someone even if it's just one person job done so I remember that was the prayer and I started doing the painting I was just I didn't even know what I was doing I could just see red on there I could see some browns I can see creams, whites, whatever colour basically how I felt but what I came to see was that Obviously, I had two split canvases. So one side was kind of normal, not really normal, but just not, like, swollen. Whereas the other side was the side you could see the inflammation of where the par- the paralysis had happened. So I kept on, I've done the painting, I said, like, okay, I don't know what this is about. But I kept on praying and praying and praying. And I kid you not, the more I prayed, I felt my face twitching. And I would run to the mirror and I would see my face moving. I know I sound crazy right now, but I Amazing. see my face moving. And it's almost as if God had his hand on my face and he was fixing things to how they should be and fixing things back to normal and um gradually my face got better and better and better I even remember I had an MRI scan and Arthur the doctor said oh you're having a very speedy recovery he was quite shocked and he said oh why is that and I said god and he was just like okay <laughs> and then um I said you know what as I'm getting better now and 70% healed maybe I should share this with people but I was very 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 scared because I thought that I was very, at that time, I was very concerned of what people thought of me, and I was very concerned that people would think I'm crazy, because not only was the painting very, very distorted and weird to maybe the average person, but I thought that people wouldn't understand, but I said, Sarah, just, you know, just, forget what you think, just share it. So I shared my testimony and I finally told people what I was going through because I was almost 100% healed. And the response was crazy. I was not expecting. I received over, I think 150 comments. And um, what happened later is why I paint today. So shortly after I shared that testimony on Instagram, I received an email from a girl who had woken up either that day or the day before with half of her face paralysed. And I remember getting down, I was in my university um, room, back at university. I remember getting down on my knees and saying, oh my God, this is why I had to go through it. So although it didn't make sense for me at that time, it made sense for me then, because although I didn't think I had the strength to go through what I went through at that time, God needed me to go through what I went through so that I could be an example to the other girl. Not just someone to say to oh, don't worry, babe, I'm sure your face will go back to normal. Because there's already something very rare, so what are the chances that someone else got um, Belle's palsy? And she only saw that because her friend had tagged her into that painting. So as a result of her seeing that, she also then got the strength to... Come fully healed and I said that although that time was a very painful time for me out of my pain my purpose and my gift was born and had I been disobedient to that voice and not painted I wouldn't even be sitting here with you today because I wouldn't be painting so that's why I paint today so that was definitely the most challenging time of my whole life but I wouldn't change a thing because that's why I'm Sarah Wusu now. That really taught me that you do not know what tomorrow holds and that we should not put so much emphasis on the way that we look. Of course, we all want to look great, but how we look should be a bonus to who we are as people. Mm. And what's inside should be the most important thing. And I had to force myself to love myself. I would go in the mirror, look at myself and say, "You are beautiful," even though my face was twisted and distorted and ugly. I had to tell myself that, and I started to believe that every single day. And that's why I love myself for who I am now and not because of how I look but because of what I have inside of me because I faced, I didn't wake up knowing that that day my face would be paralysed. I thought I was going to that same week. I was meant to go to Marbella, Ibiza. Yeah. God clearly didn't want me to go there. <laughs> maybe yes. I got cancelled. But... <laughs> You know, I had no idea, but it just showed me that every single thing really does happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine as well, as being a 22 year old girl at that time, yeah. where you're so that's all you care about how you look you know you're how do i look? how's my body how's all of that so I mean, it was that, difficult
0: there's so many lessons that's such a unique example and i genuinely like that will stay with me now because i always it sounds really silly but for me when i hear about everyone's challenges they've gone through when i'm mm. having a bad day with she can she did you just pull mm. back on it what everyone's gone through and you're like no mm-hmm. no come on pick yourself up Moving on, what does your support network look like? And as you have become more successful, have you seen any relationships, be it friends, partners, family? Have you seen
1: anything evolve either for the better or worse? I think my support network is definitely my family and my partner, especially my brothers and my... I have two brothers, Yeah, especially my brothers and my sister and my partner because with my parents it's taken a lot of convincing because I'm Ghanaian and as a Ghanaian you do not tell your parents you want to be an artist. They wanted me to be a clinical psychologist or a doctor or an architect or a lawyer but that wasn't happening and I'm happy that I decided to do what was best for me and the reason I was able to do that was because my older brother um, He's also very creative as well. He took the lead. he actually dropped out of university. I don't recommend everyone to do that. But it's because he just wanted to direct films, um, music videos, film write, all of these things. And then my younger sister is also... She didn't go to university either, but she is also a director, a screenwriter, so a music really director. Yeah, everyone's very... My youngest brother is a musician. So everyone's very, very creative. So I think um, having that has definitely made it easier because I think... If everyone has going down had gone down the maybe the academic route, maybe would have been more difficult for me. But they. Read, they were very, very pivotal in me seeing the greatness within me because I didn't really think I was very good or talented enough. But they would always be like, To me, Sarah, like, you don't understand how sick you are, like, you're so sick, like, your work's so amazing, I don't think you know, like, why aren't you painting? Like, what are you doing? They used to get so angry at me for not doing, like, you know, for painting, and I was like, oh, Shut up, leave me alone. <laughs> but then as I grew older, I was like, Oh my god, they were right. Mm. And as I also saw them working and realizing their dreams it made me realize okay Sarah if Daniel can do it if Priscilla can do it if Emmanuel can do it then why don't you do it as well just Mm. just give it a go and um my partner as well he has always pushed me to be the best that I can be um he treats me like I am Picasso or something (laughs) like Sarah you're so amazing and so because I have this kind of network I feel like almost as if if I don't continue to do what I'm I'm doing then it's almost as if I'm letting them down because yeah, yeah. they've pushed me so much and they've been so pivotal in my journey now so I feel like if I was to give up I'd be letting them down significantly and what's been great as well is that over the years although my parents weren't so convinced because of all of the opportunities that I've gotten so far it's now they finally believe in the vision now they're calling up my aunties and uncles in Ghana like oh yeah you know Sam she met the president, president? yeah <laughs> she so it's like, ah, oh, so now they're happy. Yeah. So- I definitely think support has been key, and also as well, like I have to give it up for um, my online support because honestly, there are some days when I just feel like giving up, and then I'll go into Instagram and I'll check my DMs, and someone has messaged me and said, "Oh, Sarah, I just want to let you know, thank you. Um, I started to take up painting at the start of this year because of you, and I'm like, because of me. Oh my God, I can't stop now. Yeah, you know, yeah. so like those kinds of messages and people just supporting my work, sharing my work, it's even it's- liking. my Quite amazing. Well like, isn't this it? honestly I was so skeptical about when people spoke about
0: community on social media before mm-hmm. I launched She Can She Did, mm-hmm. I you know, I had friends that had businesses. Instagram was such a powerful platform for them, but I was always so skeptical. I didn't understand how powerful it was mm-hmm. and how supportive it could be. And mm-hmm. when people said they made friends online, I'm thinking like, oh
1: whatever. Exactly. But now
0: it's kind of oh my gosh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And how kind and generous people are when it comes to if they like what you
1: do, they mm-hmm. genuinely do support you like, and you share. Don't have to, it. Ask them. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just know, out ask it, them yeah. just share it yeah mm. it's amazing So <laughs> online has been like people are so kind because like for me as an artist you just liking a picture of my work mm. makes my day or you commenting and writing something about the artwork is just that's what I live for I'm like oh my god they said this you know that mm. makes me so happy especially when you're having a rubbish day and then you see a message like that it completely lifts up your whole spirit.
0: surprised you since launching when you handed your notice in mm-hmm. and you knew that you were going to go full-time what did you expect running a business full-time to look like and has anything really taken you by surprise either for the better
1: or worse along the way Okay, so um for me, I think I definitely think at some point I was living in La La Land because I thought it was going to be easier than I <laughs> thought it was going to be. But then I realized that, Sarah, no, you have to be working every single day because there's no one here to tell you what you want to do. Like, you have to get up and motivate yourself. It's not like being in the office where you're in at a set, set time, you have to come in, otherwise, you won't get paid. But it's like working for yourself. If you don't do anything for that week, you're not going to get anything that week. If you don't do anything for that month, you're not going to get anything for that month and if you continue doing that you won't have anything for the whole year and you may as well just <laughs> stop there basically yeah, yeah. oh and another thing that i have faced heavily is procrastination <laughs> honestly that is from the devil because <laughs> i can be pondering like i can just be maybe on my uh in my sketchbook or notepad I know what I need to paint, or I know what I need to do, or I know I need to send an email. But I'll just be—I'll just find myself maybe on social media scrolling and scrolling. Before you know it, you've been in there for an hour, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Yes, I definitely think that discipline has something that i've had to learn to implement because without discipline you won't be very successful in whatever you're doing mm. loads of people i mean that's a challenge that i see
0: regularly crop mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. what does discipline look like to you in terms of you know it's all well and good saying it but mm-hmm. what do you actually do to discipline yourself
1: discipline to me looks like putting my phone on airplane road or temporarily deleting apps that I know would disturb me, and also on the phone now you're able to um, track like your screen time, yeah. activity, and stuff like that. It's
0: a shocker, that yeah. So literally <laughs> looking
1: at that, seeing oh, my, you spent how long on Instagram yesterday? Yeah, like I think about myself crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and I've also set myself a timer on Instagram. So if I reach, let's say, an hour or two hours, it says enough for the day. Because at the same time, I need to use social media for my work because I get a lot of messages. Stuff like that on there, but setting that timer lets me know. Okay, Sarah, I think you've done enough um, chatting on there now. Yeah. Get off and actually and do, work. Yeah, <laughs> actually work. And I think now a a present challenge that I'm facing is um, I'm currently working from home and now the space has gotten too small for me. So I'm in the process of currently looking for a studio because I just need a space where I can actually just splash paint on the walls if I want (laughs) to splash it. And because I work from home, it means I'm unable to have that freedom. So that's definitely been a challenge for me now, especially as I want to go bigger with my paintings and stuff like that. But it's something that will be overcome because I am looking for studio space. But that's definitely, that's affected me for a long time because working from home was definitely challenging especially because um when you live with family sometimes you're painting and someone might just come in and just be like oh let me see and sit here but I cannot work with people watching me paint so that's been it actually stops me from doing a lot of work um are you just like yeah go away it's almost as if I when someone's watching me it's almost as if I forget how to paint I just get so nervous and I I can't I, I can't do it I mean it's definitely something that I have to overcome but I think um yeah so working from home in the beginning was great, but now that I'm growing, it's definitely not enough. And um, I need a new studio space, which God willing will happen very soon.
0: What does your average day look like in terms of hours now?
1: Mm. Is there a typical day? No, there's not a typical day. And it's actually, it's almost like a good and a bad thing because as an artist, my day could start, let's say from 12 p.m. I'm actually painting until 2 or 3 a.m. Which is bad. I mean, it's good because it means I get a lot of work done or I might get a lot of the painting done. But at the same time, I'm the kind of person, when I'm so into my work, I'm not thinking about eating. I'm not thinking about drinking water or anything like that. So it means it could actually get to midnight and I'm like, oh, I actually haven't eaten anything today. Um, My belly would so not... Allow la- la- that, and, it, and it's crazy <laughs> because I love food, but because it sometimes I can procrastinate. and It takes me a while to finally get in that zone. When I get in that zone, I have to stay in that zone; mm. otherwise, I can't do it. So, aside from that, in the mornings, I'll be going through emails, maybe sending out prints that people have ordered through my website, and then maybe going through commissions, seeing the commissions I want to do, don't want to do, because I know that probably things like sounds like don't want to do, want to do. But as an artist, you're allowed to say no. Yeah, you're allowed to say yeah. no, and. I like to paint things that I actually want to paint as an artist. I don't want to feel like I'm restrained or someone telling me what to do. Of course, you can tell me this is the exact image that you want. I'm not going to paint someone else, but to tell me exactly how to paint it is like no, no, no. Why don't you just do it yourself? Yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and that can actually make you very miserable. I've done some commissions when. Of course I put my best into it but maybe they might have loved the painting when they receive it but I, when I look at it I know that I could have done better and it's because I didn't love what I was doing but felt like I had to do it because obviously I've been paid and all of this stuff. Um, but I wouldn't say that there's a time when I stop working. Like, I've seen a quote, it's like, I don't have a 9 to 5, I have a when I open my eyes and when I shut my eyes. And I think that's what I have as well. It doesn't reach a point when I'm like, okay, it's 10 o'clock now, I'm done, let me pack up. And no, like, I finish when I think I finish or when I feel... Sarah, you've done enough for today. Mm.
0: In that case, what does downtime look like to you then? When you do switch off, mm-hmm. even if it's not on a daily basis, yeah. When you just like need some time, and mm-hmm. you're like okay, what does that look like?
1: Um Eating mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good start. <laughs> I like to go out, you know, eating, um, spending time with my family. I love YouTube, but then I find myself watching things related to art sometimes as well or just um, I love watching like documentaries about the most random, random things. (laughs) things. <laughs> I could be watching, I love elephants, so I can be watching yeah, everything video. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, I love elephants. I could really find myself I know I sound so, so weird now, no, but to no, no. is everything, like the Africa series are just, honestly,
0: it's just I love amazing. them, but I cry my eyes out. Yeah, no. And my parents are always like, Fee, it's a circle of life. I'm like, I don't give a shit, it's so sad. <laughs> I love it's elephants so, so much.
1: Yeah. I watch a lot of elephant videos. Okay, that's not obviously all I do. <laughs> I, 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 go <laughs> I go out, I go out and see my friends. I go to a lot of Events as well, events that I'm not at, you know, maybe in my industry, whether it's a beauty related event or a business event or just any other things. But I definitely like to spend a lot of time with family, like to spend a lot of time with my partner and I love to travel as well whenever I can. I mean, I'm not a fan of the cold, so anytime I can find myself in a hot country, <laughs> I, I do just that. And sometimes just going for a walk because, I mean, I live in quite a very green and leafy area so it means that I can go out for some fresh air Mm. that's Um, that's honestly for me like if an email comes
0: through where I'm just like oh or something (laughs) something happens in the day for me I grab the dog
1: and I'm Mm -hmm. like let's go for a walk yeah Yeah, just
0: even if it's 10 minutes I just need that time to step away Mm -hmm. get some fresh air and then I'll go back to it just
1: like think and just reflect as well Mm. because I think sometimes we don't do Enough reflection. Sometimes we just work, 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 But when do you actually take time to just sit, do nothing, sit still, and just think about everything? Not too much because then you can drive yourself crazy. But just reflecting on how where you, you are, yeah, how far you've yeah. come. Because sometimes we're so hard on ourselves. But if you look back and you think, "Wow, I've actually come a long way." I'm sure when you started your podcast in the beginning, maybe it was difficult. last week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <I'm> so far. <laughs>
1: Still, like it all.
0: It has to start from somewhere. Yeah. Maybe a year, I'll look back on today and be like, Ah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh dear. When I've upgraded this no, mic.
1: Um, I know what you mean. It's then. the little yeah, wins yeah. that, yeah, then become the big wins. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, Sarah. <laughs> so we'll honestly, yeah. celebrate the small wins. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's true. true. It's the small wins that then turn up to the something. Abundance. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Rounding up, I always end, or going forward, I'm going to end, because, again, it's only been one episode so far, (laughs) um, with some statements. So Mm -hmm. I had this on a, have you listened to Giovanna Fletcher's Happy Mum, Happy Baby podcast? Mm -hmm. Okay, it's my guilty pleasure. And she ends asking the mums to finish these statements about being a mum, Mm -hmm. but I've kind of turned it into a businessy one. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I'll start, you finish. So Sarah,
1: being my own boss means... Waking up whenever I feel like waking up. Yeah, yeah, that's been a big one for me because once upon a time I had to get up at 5.30, 6. So now knowing I can get up when I want to get up and do things on my own terms, go on holiday when I want to go on holiday and not be restricted to like 28 days of holiday Yeah, is what being my own boss means for sure. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: When it's not quite going to plan, my advice would be to...
1: My advice would be to... Realise that life unfortunately doesn't always go the way that we want it to and also realising that joy always comes in the morning even if you're feeling sorrowful and realising that whatever you're facing today is temporary and sometimes also realising that we are not trees so if we don't like the situation that we're in right now we can move, we can do something about it. Trees. Cannot move; they have to stay rooted in where they are. But we can move.
0: I love that. That's a good one. If I could go back to day one of my business, I would tell myself,
1: "Buckle up, because this is going to be very bumpy ride." Right? <laughs> <laughs> Seatbelts on, people <laughs> seat <belts> on. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I had to
0: describe myself as a businesswoman, I'd tell myself that
1: that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that everything that is for me has already been written. Yeah. That's good. Are you really good at these? <laughs>
0: okay, this is the big one though. So brace yourself. Mm-hmm. Final sentence of the podcast
1: <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: I want my legacy to be that. Dot, dot,
1: dot. Gee. Ooh. I didn't want it. <laughs> This legacy question always gets my heartbeat. <laughs> 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 I want my legacy to be that got my hand on my chest i want my legacy to be that because of me others who looks like me realize that it was possible for them to also dream big be whoever they want to be and that if they too decide they want to pick up the paintbrush that they can so being able to inspire those to paint because i've been able to do it
0: thank you we're gonna end there oh my god Thank no, you so amazing. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Oh my god, that,
1: I love. When I saw that. legacy official email, I was like, "Do I?" know? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Legacy is a big question. Like, yeah, let yeah, me not think about mm. it. But if I inspire people, I think I, I think I've done enough.
0: I feel like you've just inspired me in an hour's little so, chat there. Same.
1: So. <laughs> yeah.